we're going to uh, start uh, our time of just kind of reflecting on God's word this morning uh, and we're going to have an opportunity to do sort of the second week now of our sermon series looking at from lockdown to liberation uh, looking to discover the fullness of life that Jesus has for us as we go from this season of lockdown into liberation. I, I just wanted to start by asking, I wonder how many of us during these last couple of weeks have gone to see a, a friend or a family member in person? Uh, do put up your hand if you've gone to see uh, someone. Great, I can see a, a, a few hands going up. Uh, Pete, if you could take the slide off, that would be awesome. That would be great as well. Thank you. It's so good, isn't it? Now that we're able to connect a bit more with, with people that we know and love uh, in person. Um, and it's really important that we do this. And this uh, Sunday's talk came out of a, a question you may remember a few weeks ago. We just asked for your thoughts uh, for what you'd like to cover this coming term. And one of the questions was around, you know, how do we grow friendships uh, as we come out of this season of lockdown? And as followers of Jesus, we are we are called uh, to become like like Jesus, our Lord, our Savior and our teacher to live as he lived and we're called to follow his example uh, and as he did to go beyond just our immediate circle of, of family and friends um, because in our Bible passage this morning we're going to see how Jesus made a decision to, to grow friendships with people who are actually profoundly different to him for the sake of the kingdom of God uh, and we are called to do the same. This season of lockdown has in so many ways been a story of distance and being separated. But can you imagine that if the legacy as we emerge from this season of lockdown, as we seek to grow friendships, actually is that we become a catalyst for growing friendships and connections uh, between people and between groups who didn't know each other before the season of lockdown. If we could be uh, an answer for the longing uh, that the community has more generally for, for connection, to build a real and cohesive community, but to, to play our part in actually uh, building uh, relationships, building friendships ourselves. It means going beyond just the people that we may already know. I, I wonder who is kind of top of your list uh, to, to see as this lockdown season eases. For me, it's uh, sort of family and some close friends and also to see wonderful people like yourselves. Uh, you know, in just a few weeks time on the first Sunday of the month, we're gonna try and uh, start again our uh, picnics in the park after our, our services on Sunday mornings, just so we can have a chance to, to hang out together, to enjoy one another's company. But I, I'd love to kind of uh, provoke our, our, our thinking, just thinking a bit about something that's been in the news uh, in the last week or so. How many of us have heard about the company called Greensill? Has anyone heard of the company Greensill? 
to do with David Cameron and a guy called Bill Crothers. So David Cameron's on the uh, the left hand side there, and Bill Crothers is at the top. For those of us who've been following, we may already know this. Uh, forgive me for repeating it if you already have heard it. But Bill Crothers and the top right there was until recently the 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 chief, the government's chief procurement officer in in charge of a budget of billions of pounds uh, to spend on behalf of the government uh, to procure all kinds of things uh, for the government. It's come uh, sort of evident at the end of his time. Uh, as in that role, that he was also serving in a, a dual capacity, having taken on a position at this company called Greensill. Uh, Greensill was till recently a, a global financial company, uh, uh, but sadly has recently collapsed. But questions you might have heard on the news this last week have been raised about how appropriate was it that both David Cameron and Bill Crothers, both people with enormous uh, political influence in their different ways, um, may have perhaps potentially have inappropriately used their connections to try and lobby on behalf of Greensill and possibly even to access um, government funding in one way or another. Now, I don't know who's the top of your list of people to see as lockdown eases, but most people probably are not looking to get to know people who have been tainted potentially by political sleaze or who've been seen in some way to possibly have used their political connections for their own personal gain. Uh, uh, I, in this next few weeks, we'll be finding out whether or not anything inappropriate has been going on, but the sense is that something has not gone quite right. And I raise this because Jesus does something really remarkable in the people that he first chooses to be his disciples, to be his first followers. Really early on in Jesus's uh, public ministry, he's around 30 years old when he uh, goes public with his ministry. And he's just started to call people to follow him. And this is like a defining moment uh, for Jesus. Who he calls will really determine how people receive him. Whether they will think, well, I really respect that guy, or mm, I'm not really sure I can trust him because look who he's chosen to follow him. Now, remember, Jesus is both fully God and fully human. And he was known in his day as an itinerant rabbi that is a, a Jewish teacher who would move from town to town, as many Jewish rabbis did in those days, teaching the way of God. And he was followed by, uh, and they would be followed by a select group of followers called disciples, uh, which is something quite a, equivalent to uh, being an apprentice. Uh, so anyone following uh, a rabbi in those days would not just aim to learn the way of God uh, from that rabbi, but actually also uh, seek to become like their rabbi. So when a rabbi called somebody to be a disciple, to follow them, it was generally seen as a, a huge honour and they would tend to select the best, the brightest, the most highly regarded people. 
Yet Jesus does something really remarkable in the people that he chooses. He decides to grow friendships with people who are actually profoundly different to him for the sake of the kingdom of God. If you have your uh, Bible open, uh, please do turn with me uh, to Mark chapter 2 verses 13 uh, and 14 uh, and we're going to read it through those first two verses of our reading. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. He's in northern uh, Israel, uh, beside a big lake there, and a large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. And as he walked along, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. Here Jesus is, and he's being mobbed by a huge crowd. It would have been so easy for him to choose a, a disciple from one of those really keen bees. But Jesus does something really rather unexpected. He goes beyond the crowds of well-wishers to someone really quite different to him. Because uh, Jesus has made a decision that he's going to grow friendships with people who are profoundly different to him for the sake of the kingdom of God. And we are called to do the same. So he comes, as we've just been uh, seeing today, he comes across this guy, uh, a guy called Levi. He was a, a tax collector. He's uh, more often called Matthew and later is attributed with writing uh, Matthew's Gospel. That's the, the kind of first biography that we see in the New Testament of Jesus's life. Now it's difficult to say how unpopular someone like uh, Levi, like Matthew, would have been in uh, the first century. Now at that time Israel was under in under foreign occupation from the Romans and tax collectors were from the local Jewish population in Israel and they were collecting taxes on behalf of the occupying power. The, the Romans were so hated and resented and tax collectors were also notorious for charging extra on top just for themselves. So they were just hated for taking loads of money for themselves and for the hated Romans. But Jesus goes really out of his way to invite someone who's well outside his circle, outside of what had been the comfort zone for most people, uh, when he goes up to Levi uh, and he, he invites him to become a follower to become a disciple. Now, whatever the rights or wrong in our day of a former civil servant like D Bill Crothers has done, the level of loathing and hatred towards Levi and Matthew would have been so much higher. The best example I can kind of think of is at the end of World War II in France, where those who had been collaborate, collaborated with Nazi forces were, were often beaten and some were even killed. Such was the level of resentment for those who collaborated with this occupying power. That's how people would have felt towards Matthew, towards Levi. 
Yet Jesus actually decides to grow friendships with people who are profoundly different to him for the sake of the kingdom of God. And we are called to do the same. As a sign of this friendship, Jesus actually went to have dinner with, uh, with Levi in his house. In Jesus's day, if you were going to go and have a meal with someone, it was not just that you were going to enjoy uh, some time with that person or even to just enjoy some nice food. It was actually a sign of this is my friend. I'm going to spend some time with my friend and having today dinner with somebody today perhaps it almost has a little bit of that as well perhaps it's a sign of I, I want to get to know you more I want to be a friend with you you know whether we invite somebody over and have a pizza or a curry or some jerk chicken we invite people over who we perhaps value uh, as friends and here Jesus is going as a sign of that friendship uh, to uh, Matthew's house and surrounding Matthew are other tax collectors people that most others would have had no time for would have really resented and sinners which is probably a synonym for for, for sex workers a, a collection of people that in Jesus day most people would have tried to avoid yet Jesus uh, chose him because he'd already made this decision to grow friendships with people who were profoundly different to him for the sake of the kingdom of God. And we too are, are, are called to do the same. We're going to look at Mark 2 verses 16 and 17. So if you could have your Bibles open and have a, a, a quick uh, look through that in just a moment with me. But not everyone approved of Jesus's approach Many of the uh, religious leaders present were really outraged with uh, the way that Jesus was going to eat with tax collectors and, and others. Please read with me in verse 16 and 17. When the teachers of the law, who were the Pharisees, saw him eating the, with tax collectors and sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? But Jesus' answer is telling in verse 17. On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus is saying here that he's actually come exactly for those who society might have struggled with, or who find themselves in difficult circumstances, or may have made bad choices, or have sinned. It's for these people that he's come. He's made this intentional decision. Now, for those of us who know Jesus, uh, it can be sometimes tempting uh, and almost easier to stick with uh, people who already follow Jesus, to stick with safe uh, and nice people, to spend time with uh, other Christians. Or perhaps to spend time with people who think like us or are from the same kind of social background to us or from the same sort of economic background or the same cultural or ethnic group or perhaps the same political views. Yet Jesus uh, intentionally chose people who were profoundly different to him, even those who found themselves 
in bad and in even wrong situations to be his friends. But it's not just that the people he chose were different to him, but actually the people he chose to be his first disciples were sometimes very different to one another. I'd love for you to kind of just flip, if you could, to to chapter three of Mark's gospel. And we're gonna just read through uh, chapter 14, uh, verses 14, uh, to 18 because in this we see that this uh, initial group that Jesus calls to follow him and we'll just see how different they are. So Jesus appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. These are the 12 he appointed. Simon to whom he gave the name Peter, James son of Zebedee and his brother John to them he gave the name Boagenes, which means sons of thunder. To be noted, these people clearly had some kind of attitude. Then there was Andrew, then Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, who we've already heard a bit about today, Levi the tax collector, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, and then also Judas Iscariot. Now, uh, Simon the Zealot, a zealot was a name for almost like a quasi-political party in Jesus's day. It was a Jewish nationalist group who were out and out opposed to Roman rule. Uh, and sometimes they, they were violently hostile to the Romans as well. So can you imagine the discussion that's kind of going on in that group? You have Matthew on the one hand, who is uh, the chief collaborator with the Romans, a tax collector, and then Simon uh, the Zealot, a Roman hater, all both in the same group. It's a bit like inviting like the arch Brexiteer and arch Remainer to be part of the same group, or someone who's on the extreme left, extreme left like uh, Jeremy Corbyn or the extreme right like Nigel Farage to call them together in, to be part of the same friendship group. It's hard to imagine that something like that would ever happen or work. But you see, Jesus has actually made the decision to grow friendships with people who were profoundly different uh, for the sake of the kingdom of God. And we too are called to do the same. Now, I'm so delighted that we have here in Hope Church people from different backgrounds and cultures. And this is a, a beginning uh, of sort of a Jesus-shaped church with people from all kinds of backgrounds. Now, our vision at Hope Church is to bring Jesus's hope and transformation to the Harrowview community. And so that means we, we need to extend out that welcome, that befriending uh, to the community, whatever their background and uh, life circumstances, uh, as Jesus did. And the moment we find ourselves in as lockdown is being relaxed, we, we hope and pray for, for the last time. This is a, a once in a generation moment as we come out of this very difficult season to actually live differently, to live quite intentionally, and not just to stick with the people uh, that we perhaps uh, have already known, 
but to to make a, a decision to get to know new people and to actually make perhaps the legacy of this lockdown season actually about growing new relationships and as we grow these uh, these friendships with people uh, we have an opportunity to link people with one another to bring some of that transformation in our community linking those who may have felt quite isolated over the season but also uh, to bring Jesus's hope bringing the good news of Jesus the gospel of Jesus Christ who, to people who don't yet know him so as we come into land what practically might this actually look like in our own lives each week here at Hope Church we we try to have something we call a, a spiritual practice something that helps us to become more like Jesus to do what Jesus did uh, and to spend time with Jesus and it's something I, I want to say that is all invitation it, it's something we just invite you to come and give a go and the following week we we love to kind of just catch up and just see you know how did you get on uh, how did you find it did you find it helpful in some way so this week's spiritual practice, something that we can try if we're able to, is to be intentional about befriending someone who is actually different to you uh, and who is not a, a follower of Jesus. Uh, to go beyond perhaps just our Christian friends, but to the wider community. It could be a work colleague, it could be a neighbor, it could be an acquaintance. It could be somebody you play sport with. It could be somebody you do online gaming with. It could be someone that actually got to know over the lockdown season, perhaps if you're involved in the food project of delivering uh, food to some of the families in the area here, maybe you could contact them again. So for those who, uh, for whom it, this might be like a, a, a new concept of building friendships beyond our immediate circle and um, perhaps maybe you could just try once a month just getting to know perhaps just one person just different to yourself maybe go for a walk in the park or maybe even have them over for a meal outside or hopefully after the 17th of May we may be able to have people inside our house as well and maybe for those who are already uh, doing something like this who want to go deeper Perhaps you could try uh, making that intentional befriending as Jesus did. Uh, perhaps once a week, maybe you could say a weeknight, you just have somebody over, uh, just getting to know them. Or uh, maybe over a weekend, at some point you just say, Sunday evening, I always have people over, or whatever it is. It could be the same person or it could be multiple people. Now, for some of us, we're going to be super excited about the idea of meeting new people after the lockdown and being intentional. Others of us, if we're being honest, we might be a bit more nervous. We might actually find meeting new people quite hard, quite challenging. We might find the idea of building small talk quite, uh, quite difficult. Or perhaps the whole sort of uh, COVID pandemic has made us a lot more nervous uh about meeting new people or perhaps like like me you you've got somebody in your family who's extremely clinically vulnerable obviously 
please do find ways in which to connect with people in ways that you feel are safe and are COVID safe. But as we look forward to the weeks ahead, I think as these restrictions are, are increasingly relaxed and the, uh, the rates of vaccination continue to rise, it's something that hopefully will be increasingly possible for us all. So I'm already beginning to think of who I can get to know and get to befriend. And getting to know people can be a challenge, but as St Paul writes in Romans 12, he says, practice hospitality. It takes practice, it takes effort. It's something intentional, as we saw Jesus was intentional. So we're gonna go into our, our breakout groups in just a moment. Um, but just before we do that, uh, I'm gonna just lead us in, in a moment of, of prayer and just ask the Lord perhaps to highlight perhaps just one person that's on our radar somewhere that we don't really know that that well um, but we think actually it would be great to get to know them a bit more someone who's a bit different to us someone who's uh, not already a follower of Jesus let's just pray and then we'll have an opportunity to go into our breakout groups Heavenly Father thank you uh, so much that as we emerge from lockdown, we have an opportunity to reconnect with those that we know and love, but also, as you did, to go beyond just the circle of people who are our natural comfort zone, but to build intentional friendships with people, um, to be a, a sign of that transformation in our community, and also uh, to bring opportunities to bring your hope, your gospel in conversation as well. Perhaps in a moment of quiet, we could just ask uh, our Lord Jesus to, to reveal to us perhaps just one person that we could start to be intentional about befriending. Let's just ask him in a moment of quiet. Thank you, Lord Jesus, uh, that you love us and uh, give us the strength and the courage and the perseverance to, to keep on going uh, and being intentional uh, in building friendships. In Jesus' name. Amen.